I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome my good friend Eric Neese to the Unimpressed Podcast today. We've decided to start putting together these weekly micro episodes talking about what he's doing in Hawaii and what's going on here in this side of the world. And welcome, Eric Neese. How are you doing? You're in uh, Santa Barbara today. I am. What's up, Johnny? Yep. In Santa Barbara on our way out to uh, Kings Canyon this afternoon. Kings Canyon. What is, uh, what's Kings Canyon all about? Kings Canyon National Park is just below Yosemite in the Sierra Nevadas of California. Uh, it's one of John Muir's favorite places on the planet, and we are going there for a West African dancing and drumming camp for the week. What is your anticipation of going to a drumming camp? Well, I, I love music. I love to dance. Uh, I love the drums. The the gentleman who uh, basically created this camp uh, is the original person who brought West African dance to North America. Um, I've never been there before, but my girlfriend Penny has. Uh, it's just going to be four days of, of learning how to, to dance with the you know West African style of dancing and also taking some drumming classes. I mean, and Kings Canyon is one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been. It's incredible. These 3,000-foot cliff uh, walls that go straight up on either side, and then down through the middle of it is the King River. And there's four meadows um, going all the way up to the top to the John Muir Trail. And the third meadow is uh, John Muir's favorite place on planet Earth. And if you don't know who John Muir is, John Muir is the guy who's responsible for national parks in North America. So you're walking in like a gorge, and they have... And there's just these walls alongside of you. Yeah, 3,000 feet high with huge trees in it and wildlife everywhere. It's incredible. Nice. Now, is there a spiritual element to the, the dancing, learning the dancing and so forth? Absolutely. You know, as you know, there's all different ways to tap into spirit and, you know, many, many different modalities of healing. Uh, but in the African traditions and community, dancing, you know, probably number one. The relation and rationale, I guess, to that is, I guess, frequency. It's a certain type of frequency that that uh, puts you in a different direction. Yeah, you know, it's like, like a trance almost. The indigenous people have been doing that for a long time, from Australia to Africa to North America. Dance, song, r- ritual, you know, coming together in ceremony. What it was all about back in the day. I started thinking about this and I said, we, we need to utilize my podcast to try to talk about what we've been doing and what Eric's been doing uh, in Hawaii. Uh, and recently we've been documenting this journey of a Hawaiian in Kauai, where Eric lives. Uh, him and his girlfriend Penny live there in Kauai, in Hawaii, one of the islands in Hawaii. And Tintin and Eric started this journey of doing 100 and 
trying to do a hundred, lose 180 pounds in 180 days. And we've documented, I think we got over 52 episodes so far on Eric's page. So if you want to check that out, go to Eric Neese's Facebook page or his Instagram, and you can check out these episodes. But how many days are we in now and how much weight has 1010 lost? I think we're 150 days in. He's got one more month to hit his mark of 180 days. I'm off island right now, so I'm not sure exactly how much weight he's lost, but I think it's about 130, 135. And when he started, 1010 weighed, what, 375, right? Yeah, 375. 375, 1010 was overweight, out of shape, drank a lot, partied a lot. Um, kind of had a heavy hand there in Kauai for a little while and very heavy. Now, <laughs> he's got to change, he's kind of changed his life around. And I mean, you could see it, the clothes are falling off of him as we're documenting this stuff. But just tell us a little bit about what you're doing to help 1010 lose this weight. Yeah. I mean, visually, yeah, you can obviously physically see the pounds are just coming off of him very, very quickly. But I think the most notable transformation that we're seeing with Tintin is the emotional and psychological uh, shifts and, and transformation that he's going through. You know, you mentioned the heavy hand and Tintin was was known on the North Shore of Kauai as the enforcer, like literally the enforcer. So anybody that off island or even on island that came into Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Kauai to the North Shore, and there was an issue. You know, Tintin would be the guy that would show up and take care of whatever that issue was. He was known as the enforcer. A lot of battles going on, and, you know, fighting was common with Tintin and his his crew. And, you know, years ago, like you said, there, there, was, there was a lot of drugs, there was a lot of alcohol, but even way before all of that, there was a lot of abuse, and these are the things that Tintin would share with us over the last five months. He got incredibly transparent and vulnerable with all of us with his story and was very candid about the things that happened to him in his childhood, the abuse that he had gone through, you know, physical beatings every day um, from his grandmother. And so as Tintin went through this journey and we started uncovering all of that stuff, with the use of plant medicines, you know, his, ver his first journey, plant medicine journey that we experienced was with mushrooms. And in that journey, he connected with his ancestors and he was taken into those moments 
of when he was being abused. So all this was coming to the surface. There was a lot of emotion. There was, you know, a lot of crying that was happening. His heart was starting to op was opening up. Uh, about a month or so later, that's when we got into the ayahuasca ceremonies. And to date, I think he's done about nine or ten ayahuasca ceremonies where he's going deeper into his healing, deeper into those traumas and, you know, lifting all of those energies that he's carrying around with him or he has been, you know, in the form of emotion from those traumas. And he's been purging it. You know, today, the icing on the cake, you know, the big reveals that we're getting are the community and his family and his friends that, you know, coming up to Tintin, coming up to me, calling me, reaching out to me of who Tintin is today. He's gone from very aggressive and violent enforcer to what he's known now as the happy Hawaiian. And throughout this process, we actually just launched the Happy Hawaiian Healing Foundation. So we're going to be, you know, raising money, you know, to support other local Hawaiians on Kauai and other islands. So they have access to superfoods and they have access to, you know, uh, medicine journeys and they have access to help. One of the most beautiful things is that a friend of his, I think it might be even a relative. They're all very, very closely related in Hawaii. Uh, but a guy by the name of Chief Rapa, he's about 400 pounds and they pinned him and him grew up together. And we're actually going out to the ranch at the Pure Planet Oasis. Uh, Tintin inspired Rob and Dave Sandoval from Purium Health got behind him. He's supporting him. And we're all going out to the ranch to start Rob's transformation. How much did Rob weigh? Like 400. 400, okay. Yeah, and then there's another guy um, on the other side of the island um, who I'm going to meet when I get back who's also, you know, close to 400 pounds who's also inspired by Tintin. So not only is he inspiring people to lose weight and get on the superfoods and everything, but in August, we're doing our second all Hawaiian blood ayahuasca ceremony. Beautiful, beautiful thing happened with a, a sister that reached out to me. She was inspired by Tim. She heard about the ceremonies and we got on a call and she told me a story how a year ago she went to this land where we're doing the ceremonies just to visit. And when she went there, there were some ceremonies that were happening at the time. And she was there with some of her girlfriends. She said to one of her girlfriends, you know, like, why aren't, why aren't these ceremonies? Why aren't these things available to the Hawaiian people? Like, we really, really need this. We've gone through a lot, really lost our, our island. She started crying to me on the phone, like thanking me and saying, you know, you have no idea how much this means to, to her, to her friends and to the Hawaiian people. Now, yeah, to give a little insight about Tintin, he is a true Hawaiian blood guy, right? Mm -hmm. The lineage thing there. But you just don't hear much about it nationally, mm -hmm. uh, about being an indigenous type of people that are still in Hawaii. The perpetuation of, of negativity and, mm -hmm. and roughness and uh, hard life, I guess that spills over into their lives today. Does that make a lot of sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's still, well, what, what you're, you're touching on is, is ancestral lineage, you know, programming and trauma. 
that gets passed down from generation to generation. And yeah, and Tintin is 25 generations deep. That's how far back his bloodline goes that known of is 25 generations. Uh, his great grandfather uh, was one of the last Hawaiians born in a very sacred valley on the north shores of, of Kauai in a valley called Kalalau. It's very, very sacred. One of the most beautiful coastlines in the world. There's a lot of trauma. It's very deep with First Nations people, Hawaiian people, indigenous people. You know, their, their ways of living, they can't practice their ceremonies. This all took place hundreds of years ago. It's still there. It's still happening in a lot of places around the world. First Nations people don't have the rights to live the way that they want to live. And that causes emotional and psychological and spiritual trauma. And mm -hmm. it, can, you know, it can cripple people. Just understanding foundation. Right. For some reason, I've just thought to myself, you can find the answer to anything in the foundation, the real foundation, not a in-between situation to some extent, really never go deep enough to find the real answers. And, you know, I think to kind of sum what Eric is doing, he's digging deep to the foundation. He's, he's, uh, redirecting his life, giving him more of a, a balance, the relatability to that, um, scenario with what you're doing too, is with with Dave Sandoval's product, Purium, I don't think people really looked at the genius, even though, you know, Dave's a stickler sometimes, and we've known Dave for 20 years, and we've had a good time with Dave. And I don't think people really know what Dave had or has uh, based on the structure of his food. So I think the, the elements that you're using complement each other, uh, and it's shown success with 1010 so far. Absolutely. I mean, what you're referring to is actually right behind me, and it's... And it's what's below here of the tree. The foundation you're talking about is the roots, right? It's and it all starts with a seed. You know, I, I'm always I'm going to talk about nature, you know, until I walk off this planet. But it all comes back to nature. And if you really want to understand, you know, what we're talking about, go outside and take a look at a tree. But make sure that you look underground and look at the roots because that's where the tree started. So for us, if we're looking at ourselves at a tree, like a tree, and we're looking at ourselves, you know, of the experience of life, it's like, okay, well, where did it all start? And what was the environment like where it started for you in your home with your mom and your dad? What were you born into? What type of behavior patterns were you born into? Was it a blissful experience or was it filled with, you know, trauma and disconnect and dysfunction and all those things that come with abuse and trauma, right? And so you can really get a good idea. I mean, not really get a good idea. You can. I mean, this is really what it's all about. This is what we're doing with Tintin. This is what my life's work is about. I wouldn't be able to be talking about this stuff if, if I didn't do this with myself, you know? So it's always going to come back to you, you know, what you're doing with your life, where you came from. Why and how do you operate and function the way that you do? Why do you think the way that you do? Why do you feel the way you feel? And um, so this is what we did with Tim. This is what we do with anybody that is gonna, that comes that's going to come through the Happy Hawaiian Healing Foundation. Comes through the work that I do, and that's why I'm releasing uh, you know my book at the end of the year. That's why we're doing these podcasts because we want to share this information with as many people as we can to help them to understand. If you want to understand your depression, understand your anxiety, understand your limitations, your insecurities, your fears, your judgments, 
you got to go to the back to the foundation to understand where it all started and what energies you're still carrying with you now in the present moment. What Eric's doing, what Dave is doing, these narratives can be used uh, with anything and everything. You know, and, and it's about balance. And if you reckon it could be used in business, it can be used what I do on social media because I'm doing it and I'm studying human behavior. And it's a very similar thought process, you know, and it's linear. The difference between knowing, reading about knowledge and experiencing things to turn into knowledge. I think there's a big difference. I think, I think you have, <laughs> I think you have to experience things to turn it into real knowledge and trying to take information and turn it into knowledge. I don't know, it's just very interesting because I've known Eric for 20 some years and we're similar past, but different worlds. You know, that leads to how I met Eric. I met Eric through my college roommate, Danny Frisch. And Eric mentioned too, he has a book coming out uh, into the year and we're gonna try to break down little pieces. We'll talk about what's going on with Eric now and then break down these little pieces. Of course, our friend Danny Frisch is gonna be part of the book and Danny died of alcoholism. And he just couldn't get over his demons. I mean, I've never seen a guy drink when we took him to the desert that time. And he killed that bottle of Gold's Lager 10 minutes. And we didn't even know it at Jack's house. Uh, I never seen anything like it. And, and what That's going to be a little story in Eric's book about, you know, his best friend, one of my best friends, and how alcoholism took him out. Danny was still here now, you know, maybe we could help him a little more now and understand, but he was pretty hard-headed. Yeah, Dan, I learned a lot from Danny. Danny, actually, my experience that I had with Danny, which, you know, we'll talk about later on, but there was something that happened with Danny that has stuck with me until this day. And he actually, because of what I went through with Danny, he gave me some tools that I didn't have in my toolbox to be able to help people. Because at the time, there was something that came up with Dan when, when I was working with him in the desert before he passed. You know, as you know, we spent a month in the desert together, you know, going through my program. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a moment that happened where I, and I knew a month and a half, almost two months before this moment, I was like, I knew this moment was going to come. And I told my brother, I told John about it. And he said, you know, what do you think? And I said, you know, I don't know. You know, Danny said something to me a while back and um, it's going to come up in the desert. And if he's not able to work through that, it's not going to work. And he's, and he was like, well, what is it? And I said, he said to me one time, he goes, you know, E, there's just some things you don't talk about. And I said, what do you, what do you mean, Dan? Mm -hmm. I said, we've been best friends our whole lives. You know, you can tell me anything. Don't I know pretty much everything about your life? And at that time, you, you know, he said, he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you just don't, there's certain things you just don't talk about. And that stayed with me. And sure enough, many, 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 many months later, I came up in the desert when it was time to talk and it didn't happen. I knew in that moment, this wasn't going to end well for him. And that was probably more prized. Yeah than anything. Yep. And I think certain people can have experiences and not uh, have a strong enough mindset to get past that. Uh, I think I think people come to a point in their lives where it's either they cross over, have a different mindset, or they never cross over and they continue down that same path. And that's like a block. I mean, it's almost like a mental block. If you're addicted to something, you could be addicted yep. to anything. 
use that addiction as an excuse to uh, cover up that blockage. I mean, what? how many people have you met in your life that hadn't been able to cross over to a different type of mindset? Yeah, I mean, I've worked with hundreds of people over the years, and, you know, some of them do. Some of them, it takes a little bit longer than others. I mean, but it all comes down to fear and judgment. You know, the reason why Danny didn't share at that moment was because there was a fear he was either judging himself or there was a fear of somebody else judge, judging him. And a lot of people are, mm-hmm. are scared to, to be vulnerable in that way and to be transparent with their with their story because there's a ton of judgment, mm-hmm. you know. And then like and as you said, um, you touched on it a little bit within the world of addiction. What a small child will do when they're when they're going through traumatic experiences of abuse and they don't feel safe in their environment. You know, when we're children, we talk about, you know, we, we talk to our imaginary friends. Well, we will create an aspect of ourselves, whether it's a controlling aspect or a protector aspect. And we put these things in place to 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 control the environment to protect the inner child from more abuse and then that's an inner mm-hmm. dialogue that we have with ourselves we're afraid to address those emotions that are that we're holding in our body that are very uncomfortable and it's these uncomfortable mm-hmm. emotions that we have to deal with every day that will cause anxiety and depression and insecurities and all these things in the world of addiction that though we have to break through, like you were talking about these blocks that are in place, like, yeah, we have to break through the controller, the protector, you know, get very vulnerable with ourselves and very compassionate and empathetic, open up the heart to be able to go into these very uncomfortable places. I think you can see how things are very passive in society and they're passive in a way that's not addressing which doubles down on more issues, right? You know, you're a kid, you have a great imagination, you had the experiences as a kid, but then when you jump into school systems and, and get into that process, it locks them in, throws away the key because they're not addressing these past experiences the right way. They're, they're giving, they're letting it be okay instead of making someone deal they're tr- with it they're, themselves. They're, they're trying to make it be okay. When it's not really okay. Yes. And maybe you're not supposed to be A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Maybe you're supposed to be the opposite way. Maybe you're supposed to go backwards. Maybe you're supposed to go, you know, F, E, D, mm-hmm. C, B, A and reverse that process. But, I mean, that's a, that's a shame about Danny. I mean, it's he was a great energy, great athlete, you know. And people, you know, people see this, hear this message, listen to Eric's message. These things, you know, you sh- if they're relatable to you, maybe you should think about some of these thought processes, right? It's all about relatability. Maybe we can make it more relatable. With your book, with Danny, what is that? How are you telling that story? I mean, is that you just, just what you just said? Or Yeah, the book, it's a tell-all. And when I say tell-all, it's capital A, capital L, capital L. You know, it's the mm-hmm. journey of, of my life as a child until the present moment. And the reason why I'm doing it is because, you know, in my early 20s, when everybody thought that I had it all and everything was incredible and you're famous and you got money and, you know, it just seems like you have the world in the palm of your hand. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. You can pick up the phone and 
call anybody you want. You know, I was in a, I was in a very, very dark place in, in my life, meaning uh, very self-destructive and almost took my own life a few times, burning the candle at both ends and, and partying really hard. Uh, and it took a lot for me to crawl out of that. Uh, and so the story is mm -hmm. basically about all the things that I've gone through. It's about angels and demons and grandmasters and, and fame and alcohol addiction, drug addiction, sex addiction. It's about family. It's about friendship. It's about dark, evil spirits. It's about shamanism. It's about plant medicine. It's about grandmothers and grandfathers and elders and and incredible experiences that have taken me all over the world to be able to sit here today and speak about it and be able to share this information, uh, you know, with as many people as possible to assist them in their evolution and assisting them to, to liberate themselves from their own suffering and understanding, you know, how do we heal our lineages? How do we heal these, you know, ancestral lineage programming that gets passed down from us from generation to generation? You feel like in your life that the, the vault was locked? The vault? When you think about what you said, right? And I say the vault is locked, you're locking in, you're locking in and not addressing the real root of the problem Correct. and the foundation. And you talked about, you know, drugs, sex, you know, all the fame, all these things are like feel good things, right? The drugs are feel good things. Mm -hmm. Sex is a feel good thing. Fame is a feel good thing. You know, it's like an air. It makes you feel like an air, but you're not addressing right. that core issue. You know, if you're out there and you're doing these things, maybe you should stop and think, maybe I'm feeling too good. Well, yeah, you know well, what I'm saying? There's, there's feeling too good for too long using a substance <laughs> to help you to, to feel good. But eventually you got to come down and it doesn't feel too good coming down. So you just want to keep trying to stay up. You know, when you talk about yeah. passive behavior and you talk about the vault being locked up and you talk about the foundation, the reality of it is, is what I've come to understand is that I had to reconnect with my inner child who was the who was holding the key to the vault. My inner child has the key to the records of my experiences. And mm -hmm. there were some things that I didn't remember that happened to me. And so I needed yeah. to, number one, get my little guy, EJ, my inner child, to trust me, to give me the information. Because he wasn't giving me the information because what I was doing with the information was hurting myself. And that's what was happening mm -hmm. in my teenage years and in my early 20s. And I was just escaping. I, I was doing everything that I could to escape the feelings that I had inside of me because of what happened to me when I was a child. Has something, has, has addressing addiction or whatever it may be, has been ever been presented like that? Maybe if you're, maybe if you know uh -huh. you've got issues, right? And you're having too many of these feel good moments, maybe you should think about that. Has anybody ever said yes. that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like Bro, that? It wasn't even until about 20 years ago that people started talking about this. As far as like psychologists go, there's one guy in particular, his name's Gabor Mate. And he's the one, he, he says all addiction. And he, this guy's worked with thousands of people all over the world. He's got books. He's got centers. He's from up in Canada. And he says every addiction, 
every addiction comes from trauma from your childhood. And I believe that. I mean, every person, I've worked with hundreds of people over the years, 15 years. Every single person that's come to me, and mostly I've worked with drug addicts, 10 out of 10. Addiction came from a trauma. You break that down a little more, right? You break that down a little more and talk about sensitivities. You know, if everybody in the world, there was 10 different types of sensitivities that were born, right? Only 10 in the world types of sensitivities. Obviously, each 10 of those types are going to respond differently to different things. But if you hit that that alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever it is, maybe you're, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine sensitivities can't recover. You know, maybe, you know, four, five, six got a shot. One, two, three, if they do the there, right thing, they can recover, there, you know, because I think everybody has the same sensitivities. There's, regardless. There, there's a formula. There's, there's a way. The challenge is sparking the light in the individual to find the courage and the strength to apply the formula. The formula works. Yeah, there could be 10 sensitivities, there could be a thousand sensitivities. But at the end of the day, when we look at each other just as human beings and, and what you're made up of and what I'm made up of and what happens to you when you have an experience and I have an experience, the only thing that's different about it is that your experience looks a little bit different than mine. But we're still dealing with emotion. Mm -hmm. We're all dealing with yeah. emotion. It's just how are you dealing with emotion? How are you approaching it? How are you embracing it? How are you mm -hmm. receiving it? Right? And then what is it doing mm -hmm. to you when you when you are engaging with it? You know, so it's like having that understanding. It goes back to the beginning of our conversation when you were we were talking about information and then you're talking about knowledge, right? So there's Information is just there, but then what do you do with the information? And when you put the information into action, then what you're saying is now I now I have knowledge. I have knowledge of that information. But if you want that knowledge to work, mm -hmm. that's where wisdom comes in. Because wisdom is putting mm -hmm. knowledge into action with your heart, with love. And so these are these are some of the things that you know we want to think about when we are trying to assisting other people in their healing, in their transformation, in their evo evolution. In shamanism, there's a word called a, a called a recapitulation, and what that means is is that you you're 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 recapitulating an experience that you had in your life. So if you had this very traumatic experience in your life that caused you a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. The recapitulation is, is to go back into that experience, imagine it, smell it, taste it, feel it like, like you're reliving that experience. And then when you got that feeling and you can feel the anger and the rage and everything, you're just sitting there and you're objectively observing it while you're in the process of doing that. Then you shift the energy in your imagination and you start looking at it and feeling into it with a different perspective, tuning into who the person was, where did they come from? What happened to them? Right? So there's your empathy, right? Who are they? Where did they come mm -hmm. from? What happened to them in their life? Now I know a little bit more about them. They were also abused. They were taken advantage of. Maybe they were molested or maybe... Whatever happened to them was much worse than what they were doing to you. So now it challenges you to find the compassion for that person. And then once you find the compassion, then you get into forgiveness. 
Now you've transformed. Mm -hmm. You're transmuting all of that energy that you're holding inside of your body. And then you can allow it and choose to let it go and leave it behind. Because the Native Americans knew there was only moving forward in your life. The only time that they would look into the past was because something in the past was holding them back from moving forward into the future. I mean, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I had this quote came to my mind and I just said it the other day. I said, fear, I said, fear creates oh, yeah. decisions, right? So, and I told somebody, I said, wonder <laughs> if there was no fear, you know? And then like, you know, some of these words that we use, shamanism, or even if you used a, a type of religion and so forth, nobody was anything right until they made the word you know i think things are a lot simpler than what they uh, are perceived to be uh, or what or or what what Um, you have been programmed to perceive exactly and and then that that you know name or is doubled down on and perpetuated and that becomes the gospel so cool cool well we'll wrap it up here we're going to try to do one of these episodes each each week the micro episodes of the Unimpressed podcast, talking about things we're impressed about, unimpressed about, and talking about Eric's book and and how it relates to his life and how it relates to the rest of people in the world that maybe can benefit from this narrative and good informative conversation. I concur. This is this is my buddy uh, Eric Nice. Thanks for coming on the Unimpressed podcast. And uh, my name is John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO you, of Bank Production. Aloha. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.